Ignorant, we gon' bring that racket like it's Wimbledon. Discipline, but yet you find anyone equivalent. Ain't no podcast similar, now you won't find no synonyms. Be produced by Q Smith, sound like it's by Timberland. JB be in charge, EG set the bar. Cool be sipping water tree and Turk gon' lay the law. Jokes may go too far, but that's just who we are. Prolific, so gifted. Words that had your soul lifted. So consistent, yet so different. Ain't nobody copy that lane. Uh, carry that torch, heat up the game. Ain't nobody got that flame. Different, different. Man, this intro different. Man, this intro ignorant. God damn. <laughs> it was good, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the final episode of the one and only D1 Ignite University podcast for the year of 2023. It is your host with most Eaton Tosi and Ghost J Brown. Coming to you semi-live from an undisclosed location that may or may not be in the greatest prairie of them all. So, we're here to end the end this year with another compadre of mine, a compatriot. You call him the show's co-host, whatever you want to do it. Mr. Play-by-play himself. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as Captain Scully. You may know him as Devin Ashby, but it doesn't matter because he here. What's good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Last episode of 2023. What is happening, everybody? Um... Yeah, so make sure, you know, new year, new me, same meetup. New year, same ignorance. We continue. We got a memory card with unlimited data. Just throwing that out there. So before we get into the show, we just want to say happy 2024 for all of those who are still with us and RIP to those who are no longer with us. And we will celebrate them through the whole year and the rest of our existence because that's what life is about. But before we get into that, we have something important to say because it is 100%, 110%, 130% free Palestine. It is the Israeli, well, not exactly the Israeli government, but you know what we what we mean when we say this is an unjust war. This is what you call fancy terms for genocide, and we will not stand for that. We will speak our minds. We will speak whatever actions need to be taken, and we will not shut up until justice is served, until ceasefire, until an end of a unjust killing of innocent people. Amen, amen to that. You know, free Palestine in this house, you know, free all oppressed people across the world. Whether it's Sudan, whether it's Congo, whether it's little dude across the street, nobody deserves injustice. No one deserves to be treated like less than a human. And I will stand on that. If you have a problem with that, there is the door, there is the exit. Your phone can be shut off. I do not care. Right. And with that being said, so you know we're not playing around. That was the first thing we had to say going into the new year, and that's what we will always support. But with that being said, let's get things on a lighter note with 2023 Sports in Review. And we will here to start off with the ladies. You know, they always say ladies first. And we'll talk about the two most important women in college sports and maybe in all of sports with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. My goodness, it's Angel Reese. Shout out to Baltimore. And Caitlin Clark, she's cool too. But yeah, shout out to the book for now. That was this was an era, bro. This was this is a new era. I'm loving this era of women's college basketball. Um, because we've been talking about it on both of our shows. We've talked about it before, and it may just be something we say. I mean, I've seen a few people say it in the national media, but I don't know how much of a common feeling this is. But I'm gonna just say it like this. We've said it before where, at least for you and me, we have said that the men's college basketball game has become 
very difficult to follow, very difficult to watch at times. Um, it's not as appealing as it once was. You know, it, it, it's there's an element that's just not there. I don't know what it is. And I think it's more than just the one and done there. There are just some things, because even the guys who do stay long, they generally aren't the good players. Like, if somebody stays for four or five years in college basketball, we look at that as a bad thing more so than, hey, there's a good dude. Like, no, but would, on the flip side. I, I would tell you exactly what it is. I watched the uh, the podcast with Bam Adebayo and Udonis Haslam and uh, Mike Miller just yesterday. And Bam coming from Kentucky, he was literally saying, look, if a guy stays three, four, five years at Kentucky, they look, even the players, his teammates look down on him like, bro, why are you still here? Like all this money in the world, you're not going to at least try to go make it. And I think that's the issue of it is I'm not dumb. Nobody out here is that dumb to think everyone plays this game simply for the love of it. Everybody want to get paid. Even if you don't see basketball as your future, I don't know a single soul that wouldn't try to at least become a millionaire by dribbling a ball. Because who wouldn't? It's just dumb as hell on your part. But it's the fact of if you don't get there, you basically are looked at like you were a bum, like you weren't one of the top players in the country at one point in time. And the women's game isn't like that because, for one, unfortunately, they know odds are they're not making a lot of money, even if they do get to the league. Exactly, it's a rule. They they actually have a rule in place, like you can't leave early. In yes, the you can't. That, and that was going to be two of like you have to stay four years, of like, or at least at least three. I think I think they can leave in year four, but you can leave three years if you redshirted your if you redshirted one year. Like your high school class has to have graduated. I believe they said you have to be at least at your age twenty one season. I believe is when you're eligible to go to the draft or age twenty two. Which for most people is still four years removed. Right. Yeah. So. So even though they are quote unquote playing for the love of the game, they have to stay in college, which actually gives you something to be a fan of. Of the difference between college sports and pro sports is pro sports, you may be a fan, you might be a fan of the organization, but a lot of people are fans of specific players. I know pl we know plenty of LeBron fans. I ain't never met a Cavs fan in my life. Ever. I know one. <laughs> I know two, actually. That's the funniest thing to me. Never. But when you're a fan of a college, you are a fan of a college, not a player, because college are temporary. You're a Duke fan. You're a North Carolina fan. You're, you're a Kentucky fan. No one is a fan of fucking Aaron Harrison. I have beef with the Harrison twins, so that's <laughs> my personal. Um, but yeah, no, that's true. You. But the one thing with college is you can a player will lead you to become a fan of a certain team. Like, for example, you know, it's fuck Duke over here, but mm. a lot of people love Zion Williams. So it was like, you know, so there there's there is a thing now in college now where there are individual stars that are starting to in football we see it like um usc a lot of people became usc fans because of reggie bush and because of matt liner you know and they became usc fans as a result of those teams or you become an alabama fan because of trent richardson or because of whoever you become a like you know so college is like that it's funny like that and i think that's where angel reese and caitlin clark come in is that they're bringing a huge audience into 
the women's game, especially with that run last year that the both of them had and how good they are. And I think in this era of NIL and social media where there are more stars and more eyeballs out here besides the traditional media, you you have these two players who have such massive followers and they couldn't be more different stylistically and culturally, you know, but they're, they're bringing in audiences. It's, it's hilarious. And it's great to see too. Cause it, and can we give a quick shout out to LSU's coach, Kim Mulkey for. Oh, hell no. No. Say, no, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. For treating her stars, her world famous LSU player in Angel Reese, like a college, like a college player, like an athlete, and not letting them be starstruck. For those of you who know, Angel Reese got into a little altercation, you know, with with the team for whatever reason. Coach Moki isn't disclosing personal details, which I respect out of a college coach because at the end of the day, Angel Reese is a kid. She's 21 years old, I think, now. Yeah, Any, she just I think she just turned 21. Just turned like, 21. Anyone who is above the age of 25 plus, you know at 21 you were a kid. You you, you know. And right. she, she's treating this worldwide superstar who had commercials all summer, who pro, who might make, after NIL, might make more money than her, like, like a player, like a normal person to say, hey, she's off the team for now, she broke some rules, she'll come back when she fixes them, and when she did, it was like, yeah, Angel is back. She's a player. I respect her as a person. I respect her as an athlete. She's going to be on the court because she did what I asked her to do. That's what a real coach does. I don't even think she gave us that much. Like, I don't think we ever knew if it was a rule being broken or if this was a mental health thing. Like, we we don't know what it was, which is cool in the sense that it gave her that privacy and get, and it didn't. And there were a lot of people that were just mad at her for not, and which was weird that y'all were so mad. Like, what? what why did y'all need to know so bad? Like, I know, get wanting but, to know, but you can't be mad at someone for not telling you something that's not your business. Right. And not to mention the, the rumors that were flying around, like, because people were looking at unfounded internet stuff and talking about, oh, yeah, she has bad grades and she is a cancer in the locker room. I'm like, bro, how do y'all know this if the coach ain't talking? Just based it, off of some random person with 15 followers on, on Twitter. And if she had bad grades... Coach didn't say shit about it. She didn't say nothing came out about academics officially. If she was a right. team. And we would have known that because, you know, the NCAA ain't never scared to put a kid on blast because, you know, never. fuck them. <laughs> when Ben Simmons, remember when Ben Simmons was at LSU, we all knew it was a grades issue. Like, they made it very well known, like, this nigga had under a 2.0 or whatever. Angel, nothing, none, nothing like that came out. Nothing. And... And Ben Simmons was one of the bigger one of the biggest stars in college basketball. He was the number one pick for a reason. And so we put that to say is the rise of college sports, especially women's college sports, is a beautiful thing to see. Because look, at the end of the day, when you step on that court, you're not a man, you're not a woman, you're a ball player. You're an athlete and you deserve the credit and you deserve the respect as such. Right. And they're great on the court. I think also Angel and Caitlin is a tale of two Americans because <laughs> some of the reaction to Angel Reese and the way she plays and the way she um, expresses herself was extremely like I think there's a joke there's like a running joke that like people who talk about Lamar Jackson 
you can tell it's like a race test. It's like you can tell somebody's views on a lot of things based on how they talk about Lamar Jackson. It's the same thing with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. It's like as soon as you hear somebody open their mouth about Angel Reese, it's like, oh, you're one of them. Uh, if if you know that, not the difference. You know what Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark really are? They just modern day and gender swapped Magic and Larry. Magic and Magic and Bird, yeah. Like that's all it is. Like what's what's really the difference between Indiana State and Iowa? Nothing. Nothing. Co- couple a couple hundred miles, but that's it. Like cultural wise, nothing. Is LSU really different than Michigan State? Yes. Yes. Like, Extremely like different. Is, but personality wise, is Andrew Reese that different from College Magic Johnson? Not really. Nope. Not really. Still got an award winning smile. If they had it back then, my uh, Magic would have been in every commercial. And plus, I'm I, as somebody who's from the same place that Angel's from like I mean I'm not from Baltimore initially but like from being from Maryland spending enough time in Baltimore that I spent there like there's a there's a couple hundred Angel Reese's bro like like Angel Reese is not the first young black woman with long hair and long eyebrows to talk shit on the basketball court bro like you go to Baltimore it's a thousand Angel Reese's out there like you know you go to PG County some of the meanest finest women you will ever meet it's just we say it all the time, especially about the sport of basketball. There's one there's a kid out there, 11, 12 years old, giving grown men, grown women buckets. And there's right. nothing they can do about it. Nothing. Because basketball is just that type of game. But you know what? It takes one to break out into the mainstream to make that experience, yes. especially for the women's game, because for some reason they don't like women talking shit. I love women talking shit. I love anybody talking shit. That's the point of being an athlete. That's the point of being a competitive. Right. But anyway, we have more sports news to get into for the year of 2023. Thank you, ladies. And we want you to keep it up for the rest of the rest of the time that you hope it. So also, think- before we go, before you go, before you go, before we go, like you said, shout out to the women's game. It's a lot of, Real cool stars coming up now. Like this, this, this freshman class right now is going crazy. Juju Watkins, she up next. You I know. need to stop disrespecting women like that. Juju right. don't have to do what she be doing at USC. She, she, she don't have to. Them women got family. But no, you know who even more disrespectful than her? That girl down in South Carolina, Malaysia Paul Wiley. She be out here doing Kyrie Irving shit, bro. That's like because Don, Don Staley be telling her, "Hey, go, go do that shit. Go do right. that." Shit. She hit the double cuff thing. Like, remember that bucket she had against Notre Dame where she went coast to coast and hit the little double cuff, reverse behind the back layup. And I'm just like, bro, stop it. You stop. You had the you had her after the first move. There was no need for that second. There was no need for that. I ain't never seen I'm I'm not even trying to be funny. I've never seen a women's basketball player doing shit like this, bro. Like, this this is the shit I be seeing with the men's side all the time. I ain't like, stop. Them women got families. They they have families. Some of them have kids. That there was no need for that. There was no need for that. In so, Paris. In Paris. We're moving on because you know what, ladies, keep it up. You just ain't got to be that disrespectful. Uh, to the all-time scoring champion in NBA history, we have had a flip. LeBron James is officially your all-time leading scorer and counting, by the way, and um. 
I know you say it feels like him and Kareem have, you know, I don't. I think Kareem's still hating. Every time I see him on TV at a Laker game, he just looked mad. He just looked pissed. Fuck that nigga LeBron James. Fuck him. <laughs> I, feel, I just feel like it shouldn't have been LeBron. I think Kareem is only mad it was LeBron. I can't explain why. I don't think they had any previous beef before now, but I think it's just because it was LeBron. I mean, there was some other stuff because he's called him out before. Like, remember the whole vaccine thing? You know, um, some other things. Like, it's just, you know, he's he's called him out on some things before. But the old heads just don't like the younger generations anyway. They they really don't. And it's not a secret that they don't. And But you know what? Ain't shit Kareem can do but sit there and stay mad, whether you're a LeBron fan or whatever. I think Kareem should just be happy that, for one, it lasted so long, and the fact that a guy like LeBron would have broke it. Because then you got to look at all the shit LeBron had to do. This is year 21. Of those 21 years, basically, what would you say, 18 of them are unscathed by injury, basically? So he's been the healthiest man in the world playing this game for 18 years. The number of guys who can do that now are, I think, at zero. We we live in an era of, you know, resting and guys sitting out and the NBA literally having to make a rule about it. And LeBron has been out here hooping at a high level since he was 19 years old. They don't even let dudes come in out of high school anymore. If you're 19, you're a 19-year-old college freshman who you may be 20 by the time the season starts. I don't know. It just kind of depends. Yeah, it's just, it's just nasty work, man. But, I mean, shout out to LeBron, man. Shout out to LeBron for breaking it. Because that's the thing. A lot of people don't even realize, like, scoring is maybe the third or fourth best part of his game. It might be. And for him to still break that record of all the records, you know, like, He's one of the greatest passers in the basketball we've probably ever seen. His defense is unbelievable, especially the chase down blocking. I feel like he has essentially made it an art, you know, like he's the best at it. I feel like Giannis might be the best at it right now. And, um, you know, just some of the other things. But his his basketball IQ is off the charts. He just scores when he feels like it. Like he gets his players going. And then by like the third and fourth quarter when he's warmed up, then he's like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and drop 40 or 50. To he go scored. with 15 rebounds and 10 assists. He scores when he feels like it and when he has to, which for the first, you know, seven years of career, he had to. And you also forget guys who are so athletic usually don't last as long because they depend on their athleticism. One, LeBron's athleticism has declined some, but that still makes him a top 10 at just pure athlete in the NBA which is crazy to think about a man who's 39 being a top just athletic figure on the court. That is crazy to think about. A man that's 6'8", 260 pounds, give or take, soaking wet, should not be able to move like that. No. I've said it before. LeBron is not a human. They built him in a lab somewhere. He was in the test tube right next to Serena because she not human either. And that they said, your jump shot can't be consistent. That's how they're going to make them think you're human. I'm like, ah, oh. smart move, smart move. But you can't fool me. You can't fool me 
because LeBron is not fair. And he's going to have this title for who knows how long until another dude can play basically 19 years straight injury-free. And now to evil LeBron, which is another big thing of 2023. Kevin Durant joined yet another super team. And like the last one, it's not working out. Who would have thought? Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant super teams are always such a funny experiment to me because it's like, bro, the way he builds his super teams is the way you would build a, a, a franchise on NBA 2K. Like, or he'd be, he be building teams like this is AAU ball. His, his teams be glorified AAU teams. You'll have three ball-dominant, ball-hogging guards and just plug and play with everybody else. Everybody else get in where they fit in. And then you get situations like when he gets out, then it's like, well, look at the cast that he's playing with. Like, these niggas is bums. You it's like you bum. His, you team, the- his team building, like, he is not the GM. Let's just put it that way. His team building is horrible. Because even now with Phoenix, it's like, bro, you really thought Bradley Bill being strung together by tape and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, like, all three got the same style of defense. Like, and then just kind of getting people here and there, Yusuf Nurkic, just throw him in there, just throw uh, Bull Bull in there, and everybody swear Bull Bull is just so underrated, but he's trash. Um, and just, just all these random pieces that you just put in there. You did it in Brooklyn. It didn't work. Golden State, you didn't have to do anything. You just walked into a situation that was already set. Walked into a 73-win team. Right. Like, you were set there. But, like, every time you – the last two stops where you've built the team – like like I said, you building teams like on NBA 2K. There, there's nothing. I just want to know, you can't complain – that I don't have a team around me because it's there are reports that he's upset with the roster. You're the reason you're upset with the roster. You added Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal did the same shit two, three years ago. I don't think our current roster is up to snuff. Nigga, you're the reason why the roster is not up to snuff. You took all the money twice. Well, in fairness, in Washington, they weren't paying anybody else. It's different in Phoenix. In Washington, they weren't paying anybody else. I mean, yes, but we knew Washington was a shitty organization. He had been there right. long enough to know Washington was a shitty organization. Right. You've been through like two or three rebuilds and you're still talking about, bro, uh, you know, I want to win and I feel like we can win here. And then flip and be like, well, we're not up to snuff. Nigga, we know. We tried to tell you to leave. At least we were begging you the same. The first, begging the first time, we were like, cool, I get it. Get your money while you can. The second time, we're like, nigga, leave. Go what? somewhere. You need to leave. You need to leave. You had you could have gone anywhere. They said they wanted you in Miami. I ain't really want you in Miami, but somebody did. You, you could. He would have fit. I feel like, but Miami would have been a good fit though, because he wouldn't have had to. He would. He would have been able to chill because you have Jimmy Butler. You have Bam. You have at the time you had Gabe Vincent. At the time you had uh, Max Struess and all these kids that like you know could defend and do all the things that you weren't really known for. That. You could just do your thing as a shooter in the corner and stuff. Like I mean, it, it would have worked out in Miami. They would have found a way. A, it wasn't a talent thing. It was more of we just didn't need another guard, and we were too small as it is. So and too the, small. And the dude who's only six three, six four ish, like eh, that's not helping the issue. We don't need that problem. But right. KD, I don't know what you want, dog. I truly don't. You have your legacy. You are. You are pretty much the greatest scorer in NBA history. You're a seven-foot man with guard skills. 
You have two rings, whether people like them or not. You have two of them. I would just expect you to be better at this by now. He just wants to. Honestly, I think KD just likes the hoop. He doesn't care about any of the other stuff. He just wants to. He doesn't want to be a leader. He doesn't want to be the leader of a team. He he doesn't care about all the politics and all that stuff. He just wants to hoop. And I think at the same time, it's just like, bro, you you say you want to be the best, and there are certain, but you don't want the stuff that comes with being the best, which is understandable. Like even the best players, I'm sure, don't necessarily want all that extra shit. But like. He legit just cares about hooping. He doesn't care about nothing. Not his hairline, not, like, all that other Kevin Durant, leave your hair in 2023. Just just go ball. Embrace going ball. He should. And I get that KD just wants to hoop. And that's kind of been his thing his entire career. Like, I'm not here for all the extra shit. I just want to hoop. But his actions kind of say other things of, like, man, if you just wanted to hoop, you wouldn't be making super teams. If you just wanted to hoop, you wouldn't be complaining about rosters. If you just want he he wants to build super teams so that other people can be leaders and he can just hoop. He can just hope it's on hoop. See, he, he could have did that. But that that goes out the window to me when he left OKC. When yeah. like hey, Russ Russ leads. Not always the best way, but hey, no leader is great hundred percent of the time. You had Russ. You, you had the chance. You lost to the same team that you left. So I don't want to hear none of that. I just wanted to hoop. You could have stayed in OKC and hooped. You That's why he went to Golden State. It was like he didn't want to be the leader. He went somewhere where they had Draymond and Steph and Clay in the locker room, and they didn't need to necessarily listen to him and lean on him until they did. Until they did, and we see that it just didn't work out. But we're 2023 basketball, 2024 going into the new year. The NBA is a very different place. We had the play-in tournament. No one cared about. We're not going to talk about it because it is what it is. Moving on to the world of football for our final segment of 2023 Sports in Review. It was, I think, the most polarizing story of the entire year. It's not the Chiefs struggling. It's not Lamar Jackson playing at an MVP level. It's not Dak Prescott potentially being the MVP. The biggest storyline in all the NFL is the rise of the tush push, the brotherly shove that people across America are pissed at or they love it. There's no in between. And that play puts a new meaning to face down ass up. It did. New meaning. And it's the only brotherly thing about Philly other than the name. Right, because they hate everybody. They hate they hate everybody. They boo Santa, held <laughs> Santa with snowballs. Niggas <laughs> hate their own players. They hate their own team. They can hate everybody. Philly hate themselves. They hate everybody. They have to. And then they came up with the easiest play in the world, which is, hey, QB sneak and somebody get behind him and shove his ass. And you know, Jalen Hurts already not no little dude. They already have the best offensive line in football, arguably. They definitely have the best center in football in Jason Kelsey. And the world is just mad at it for whatever reason. People want the play banned. I'm just... Don't you don't like it? Stop it. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's like there are plenty of other teams that do it and don't do it well. I, believe me, I watched the Chargers try to do it all year. <laughs> and I watched as bad as Washington is this year. I did watch them stop it. 
<laughs> so it can be stopped, maybe not consistently, which is why they run it. See, this is the other part of the NFL that pisses me off. There are teams that have plays that they do over the course of time. I've seen plays where teams find out something, and rather than developing a good enough defense to be ready for it if it happens again, NFL coaches and, and players complain, complain, complain until a play gets banned. Like I remember the Patriots a couple of years ago had this play where they snuck an offensive lineman out on a passing play um, who was lined up as if he were a regular right tackle, but he was he was eligible, but I guess they didn't report it. And ran out and uh, threw a completion against the Ravens and Harbaugh was sitting here bitching and whining. And the next year they essentially banned it. And it's like, oh, you have to report as being eligible on every play. And it's like, oh, you bitch ass nigga. Just, <laughs> you know, or like the, you you can't jump over. You can't um, jump over for uh, field goals anymore. Field goals to block. You can't jump over it anymore because rather than just admit that, hey, it's only a handful of people that can do it anyway. We're just going to ban it all together. Like, Troy Palomalu, there's, I saw like four other dudes in my life do it outside of Troy Palomalu. And then you heard what Pat, Pat McAfee said about Troy Palomalu. It's like yeah. God was telling him stuff. So it wasn't fair. Right. And, and, and Palomalu did it on like regular plays. He wasn't even necessarily just doing it on field goals. Cam Chancellor cleared a nigga three times in one play and they banned it because it's like, never again. We just cannot have this. And I'm like, Y'all, the NFL, this is why they called it no fun league. Because rather than let stuff like that go, y'all want to ban everything. Because a, a handful of people can do it and, and you and because everybody can't do it. Participation culture. Participation trophy culture. And you know what? Jason Kelsey even said a few days ago, because you know DeAndre Swift is the greatest running back of all time when it comes to getting tackled at the one yard line. He straight up <laughs> said, Hey fam, either get in the end zone or get tackled at the two. Because I can almost guarantee if you get tackled at the two, we're pretty much going to run inside zone again. And you can't ban an inside run play. At that point, we're not even playing football no more. And it sounds like the quarterbacks, the the touch plays, what exactly of it will you ban? Because are you just going to make it like a regular quarterback sneak where you just can't have people behind them? And you just got to run the way Tom Brady used to do it, where you just run into, ram into linemen and nobody can touch you? Because I promise you, there have been elements of the touch list that have been around forever. Yeah, and then they already get mad that you basically got can't touch the quarterback. So what, what more do you want? And a QB sneak is prime territory for helmet to helmet. You can't even help it. It's just, you're both right there. I don't know what more you want. So all, all of it is the rise of the tush push. People are bitching and moaning. It's not going, though. It shouldn't go anywhere. Second point of football, I'm, it's more personal to me. Our, these next points will be very personal to me and Captain Scully, so get over it. Brandon Staley is gone. He's fired. <laughs> and so is Gumbawata. I was about to say, Tom Delesco is gone. Me and other 14 Charger fans outside of the state of California are so happy. I'm ecstatic. I've never Love been too happy for, for another man to be unemployed. Love for real. You know, yeah, like I, I'll be calling for people's jobs all the time. But it's a handful of people where it's just like they should not have a job. Not that one. I'm I'm sure he can go be someone's D-line coach or whatever coach somewhere, just not 
Not for my team, not for my bolts, not for my boys wearing the powder blue and gold. No. He a good D coordinator. He gonna get a job somewhere. Well, he, he was a good D coordinator he when he had Aaron he Donald and Jerry Ramsey. And Ramsey, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah. That's a him problem. Moving on to our for our final point, Captain Scully, a certain thing happened for the Washington football team commanders, whatever the hell you want to call them. Would you like to tell the people? Yes, you know, so how just like uh Brandon Staley and Tom Celeste are gone. Ding dong Dan Snyder motherfucking gone. His ass is gone. He is finally, you know, I was gonna put him out my damn so I was gonna roll up down to Southern Virginia and get him myself. Because if somebody did not remove that man, the city of DC was gonna do it. The whole city was out to get this man, bro. He was being sued in three different states. P- municipalities, principalities, whatever you want to call it. D.C., Maryland, and Virginia have open lawsuits against this man. The DEA was raiding your facility. <laughs> you know, you had like 22 accusations of workplace misconduct against former and current employees. You had, I mean, j- and this is just within the last five to ten years. Let's not even go further back in your in your, in your process. You know, suing cancer patients because they couldn't afford to have season tickets anymore. You know, because they had to pay for cancer treatments. You know, um, the, the whole controversy with the name. You know, you wouldn't change it. Then you said you'd never change it. Then you changed it. And then you changed it to the worst possible replacement that you could have came up with. Commanders? Commanders. Really? It was just so many other names out there. But, you know, you botched the introduction of it because somebody got leaked out the, the pictures of Commander stuff. So you botched that. Then the whole Sean Taylor debacle. You know, which you, first of all, you you announced in the middle of the week out of nowhere that you were retiring his jersey and retiring his stuff right as the heat was coming on you about these sexual assault allegations. So you used that dead man's name, even though fans have been begging for years for you to do it. You picked that week to do it. Then you botched it because fans didn't know about it. Then you used a mannequin because you didn't even really give him a statue. You got you a, a, a dick sporting statue and put Sean Taylor stuff over it. You know, you got Jackson Mahomes' creep ass dancing on top of the Sean Taylor logo. Like, it's just everywhere you look, everything you touch turned to shit. And they didn't even do a good job with the mannequin. They They didn't do a good job with the mannequin. Like I said, you might as well have stolen something out of Dick Sporting Goods and put Sean Taylor jersey over it. Because it it was a a modern Nike jersey with the the old Reebok pants and, and some cleats that he never from a brand that he never wore. I'm like, what was the point of that? Right. You could have used the real jersey. You know, they had like a shrine in the facility with like his thing botched up, whatever. So like, it's just, it's just. And look, it didn't even have to be an actual game-worn Sean Taylor jersey. Bro, y'all could have jerseys. You, you could just go get a, you could honestly just go get a really good 21 jersey from the store and no one would have said anything. Well, they would have, because that's what he did. You you could have gotten the old Reebok twenty one instead of that's getting one with the Nike I know jersey. They got, I know they have. We, they we, have. It, first of all, Nike hasn't been in charge of the league for that long. It's been what five years? Five six years? There were no a little bit longer than that. I think it's been like ten. When 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 did Nike? I don't even know. But the point is, Reebok was there long enough that you got you got you could go in the vault and get one. Okay, it's been eleven years. Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah. you have enough in the vault to put a real go back. 
to put the real pants on. And you know what, damn it? You can sew a Reebok logo on there. No one, no one back there is checking the tags. You can sew a Reebok logo on the pants and the jerseys just to make it look authentic. Make it look like you tried. But you didn't. You didn't. And that is why, farewell, good riddance, let the doorknob hit you with a good lord split you. Keep um, your ass on the floating yacht in Europe, you bitch-ass nigga. Anyway. With those words, it has been a great year in sports. And we couldn't hit every story, but just know there's plenty of them. I may touch on them in some ignorant... Coach Prime, of course, you know. Coach Prime, we, we <laughs> may hit on it on some ignorant extra credit later on this week, but we will see. But moving on to what I think was the most important thing of all 2023 that I think did not get enough coverage was... This was the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, baby. The 50th anniversary of the most popular genre of music on the planet that yeah. led to the pregame routines of every sport, of every ball player, no matter what that ball is shaped of or what sport it is, wanting to be a rapper, and all the rappers want to be athletes. So, first off, I want to start off by saying, Beyonce and Taylor Swift fans, you are in a cult. That is 100% what you are. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the Bayhive. I don't want to hear the Swifty. You are a cult. Now, on to the more important things. Captain Scully, what would you say is one of your favorite rap verses just ever? 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 Forever? Ever? Um, I mean, that's up there. But, like, <laughs> no. The, obviously, uh, we always do the same ones on here. But I, I got to bring a different one out. So, the Dreams and Nightmares intro, you know? Um, this is an iconic staple. This is not. It's become an iconic staple, especially at HBCUs. Um, because it's just it's really it's really such a word. It's just a, it's such a, like you know it's it's kind of like remember when remember when the passes broke down uh pull up in the I pull up in the club VIP gas tank all e all drinks on me. Essentially, you pulling up with your last dollars and nothing but the Lord. You were able to afford oh, that. That's essentially what. Dreams and Nightmares is the same way. It's like, bro, think about the times that you, you, you are somewhere that you used to pray for. You used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. Like this. Grind, you grinded and put your head down so that you could shine like this, you know? You've seen dreams that just fell apart and unfolded. You've seen nightmares come true. But then eventually you had to marry the game and say you do. And wait, if you want, you gotta have a clear eye view, you know. It's it's a word. It's a word. It's a bar. Um, you know, I don't know if I can go that deep with it, but I'm gonna try. I just need an organ. <laughs> definitely need to add an organ. As y'all know, my favorite rapper is a very is is not most people's favorite rapper, and I'm proud of that. My favorite rapper is Lupe Fiasco. That's not hard to tell. If you talk to me for five seconds, I'll take. He had a verse on his last album, not even a full verse. It was one sentence, and he made it the whole verse. And I think it says enough to what the culture of rap has become in the last few years. Rappers die too much. That's it. That's the verse. That's it. Yeah, they they die too much. They do die too much. They they die a lot. Over the dumb. Over the dumbest shit, whether it's legal, non-legal, rappers die too much. And I think that says a lot about 
the art form. That says a lot about the culture that has become, even though there's so much good things to it. And stop killing fucking rappers. They mean a lot to communities. That's why hip-hop was so important. Because, in a way, anybody could do it. Look, I'll use Beyonce again for, for an example. Yes, did, did Beyonce work really hard to become as good as she is at what she does? Absolutely. No one's here to deny that. But when you sing, you honestly just got to be blessed by God. Got to be blessed by God to have a singing voice. I ain't got one. Captain Skull, you got one? Not anymore. In in my mind, I got one. But in rapping, my mind. In my mind. But rapping, it ain't about your voice most of the time. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. It's about and, the cake. You got to have breath control. In a way... Anybody can rap. Everybody can't rap good, but in a way, everybody can rap because it's just rap. it's just talking. It's just telling the story on beat with some cadence. No, 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 no. See, see, that's the problem. See, this, this, this is the problem. Everybody thinking anybody can rap. That's why we're at where we're at now. Some that, of y'all need to tell y'all friends they can't rap. Some of y'all need to tell your friends the truth. Nigga, you trash. We need we need plumbers and firemen. You know, we do need teachers. Rappers. We have a teacher shortage. Go everybody go to mixtape. Everybody need a third grade teacher. Go to trade school. <laughs> Please do something. Everybody ain't got to rap. But right. on the more positive side of rap, you know what verse we got to hit them with. Yes, is it is it overplayed? I don't care. It's one of the greatest verses of all time. And everybody who hears it, you better join in or else we got problems. We losing too many recipes as it is. <clears throat> I type a text to a girl oh, I, used girl, to, I used to see and that I choose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. I apologize for this message that she down. Can I see see that we see round Y'all y'all can yeah, fill I'm in the things. But, that verse deserves to stand the test of time. That that's a verse that we should be talking about in another 50 years because it means so much to us. It means so much to the culture. Captain Scully, what's one of your favorite albums of all time? Just rap, um, I would have to say my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is is one of my favorites of all time. Um, I would have to say one of my more underrated ones that, that people don't talk about enough. Um I would say hold on, let me make sure I get it right. Um Ambition by Wallet is 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 <laughs> it's like bro. Wale got some bangers, bro. The album about nothing, like it, it just that's one of my favorite albums of all time, bro. Before you get into that, I'm here to make the bold statement: the intro about nothing is the greatest intro of all time. I will fight to the death to tell you the intro about nothing because that is how you open a fucking album. That is how you open an album. That is. Wale always kills it with the intros. Like I, I've noticed that every one of his albums got a good intro. Cause uh wow, that's sue me. I'm sue me, I'm rooting for everybody. That zone was was incredible as well. Like Wale just be killing it with the intro. That's the, the he has consistently put out good intro. Like I don't know how he does it, but and, and you know, shout out to to you know the DMV because Wale stays repping, even though he he takes some slander from time to time. He, he does, thinks, but it, that slander is like more of a culture. It's more of a like it's a weird thing up in the DMV where like niggas from DC hate people from Maryland and Virginia claiming DC, 
but we don't really claim it as much as they think we do. And it's like, oh, y'all want to be DC so bad? It's like, no, nigga, no, no. Like, if I'm from, if I'm from Montgomery County or if I'm from PG County, and I go, even though it's it's changing now because people actually know where those places are now. But if I go to like Texas, for example, and I meet somebody who's never been out of Texas or who's never been to the area, and I tell them, "Hey, I'm from PG County, Maryland," they're like, "Where the fuck is that at?" Versus if I say, "Hey, I'm from right outside of DC," they'll be like, "Oh, okay." Or what? We would look at you weird and be like, "Why the hell did you just mention a county to me?" Right. Like people don't even people. I didn't realize how many people don't do that. Like that's just the thing we do up here, where it's like, oh, repping what county you're from. I didn't realize people are like they always look at me weird when I'm like, yeah, we do that up here, and it's like, oh, well, I didn't realize I'll do that. Because you you gotta you gotta realize like where I live in this point of DFW, Dallas County combined with like Tarrant County, which is the Fort Worth side of the DFW. If you add those counties together, they're the size of fucking Connecticut. We're like. Right. That's not telling me anywhere. Like you, and the fact that you're not that's not exactly a quote unquote state. You we're confused as hell. Like, fam, just say a city. Don't 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 tell me county. If you, if I walk up to someone and say you I'm from Dallas County, I'm like, nigga, that's 40 cities. You're not telling me anything. You basically just said, I'm from Texas to another Texan. Like, well, nigga, no shit. It means right. nothing to me. Also, side note, I've mentioned ambition. The gifted is also a, a favorite while they are on my mind as well. But yeah. But yeah, that's that's where that came from. That's that's where that came from. It's weird. See, a favorite album of mine, it goes back to my childhood. Y'all don't know. Y'all wasn't there in 2004. Kanye's college dropout. It was the yep. first album I ever owned. It introduced me to so much music. <laughs> Just learning what music was, learning what hip-hop was. Of course, you know, Kanye's influence is huge. Whether you like him or not, you can't escape his music. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You just can't. But for underrated album? Oh, yeah. Underrated? I got a couple for that. I mean, just this year in particular. But, you know, I don't think I can give you an underrated album, but I will give you an artist who deserves some love. And he's received it a lot in 2023. Who we need to point out is Burna Boy. Oh, yes. Burna Boy. That's my favorite artist right now. That's my favorite brought, artist. Right has brought the mainstream of the Afro beats to the general American public. And, you know, I'm not even a huge fan of Afro beats. It's not my thing. It's not my sound. But when Burna Boy come on, I listen. Big Seven. You, That's I, my shit. I got to love Big Seven. By the way, my cousin Super Miles also produced it, just throwing that out there. Um, so just throwing it out there that hip hop has done so much for you. Hip hop saved my life is such a cliche quote, but for so many people and for so many of us, it basically did. So we gonna get out of that and just know hip hop, thank you for everything you've done, and we hope for 50 more years times 10. But our last segment to end 2023 of the best movies of the year. I have what I think is my best. Captain Scully may think a little different from me, and we're going to throw in some honorable mentions in there. So I would like to start off with the best movie of the year. Easily across the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales is that dude. We have a black Spider-Man. No one can tell me shit. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not going to disagree necessarily. I think 
Into the Spider-Verse was the best movie, period. Like, it was sensational. It was incredible. Um, now, the best live-action film? If I had to put one in, and it's the one I just saw this week. <laughs> it's the one he just... He's been Godzilla talking minus one. Godzilla minus one is the best live action film of this year. Into the Spider Verse is the best film. Period. Like it was incredible. If you love putting together a plot, putting together incredible writing, if you're a fan of anime, all of those three, you better go see Godzilla minus one. Before the year is out, because that movie, and you don't even need to be super familiar with all the other Godzillas to go see it, because I'm not, I wasn't like a huge Godzilla enthusiast when I went, but I just, I'm like, hey, let's go see this movie. And it gives you kind of like the origin story of, well, maybe not the origin, but like one of several origin stories. Like, that movie was incredible. And, you know, writing, Captain, like the writing was incredible. And y'all know Captain Scully is, he's getting his feet wet into the anime game. He's learning a few things. He he hasn't taken a deep dive. He's watched a little My Hero, My Hero so he's dipped his toe in the game. Right. He's just guys and I've seen a few episodes of that. He's learning what great, amazing writing can really be. And when I tell y'all, he told me this just last night. After watching Godzilla, he said, Fuck English. I'm watching my hero in sub Japanese yeah. from on because he understands. To all my I, nerds, I, I got it. To all my <laughs> nerds, to all my anime people out there, he finally gets it. And, you know, and then the other part of it is like people I didn't understand the Oppenheimer craze because I just didn't care to go see it. Um there was like the, just a weird thing in the middle of the year where it was like Barbie and Oppenheimer because they came out like the same week. And so you had like Barbenheimer and, and that was just like a whole movement. And it was happening during the writer's strike. So like these movies were getting all this free publicity when you couldn't put stuff like the actors couldn't post on their socials and, you know, you couldn't really do like press tours and stuff. So like it was just a funny period. And, but even with that craze, Godzilla minus one apparently has beaten out Oppenheimer in terms of like of opening weekend sales. Opening weekend sales, opening weekend stuff. Like Godzilla minus one is like that. Like apparently people really love that movie. I don't blame. And that gave you it gave you the original. Like a lot of these new Godzilla movies coming out now, then turned him into essentially a Marvel hero. Like (laughs) this this was this was the this went to the roots. You know the Japanese folk. And it wasn't like a two hundred billion billion dollar budget film. Like they they only had like, I think fifteen million or like a hundred, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. But like it was, it was a low budget film. But it didn't. But it has high budget quality. And most of the money went to just making Godzilla. <laughs> like shit. Like yo, that movie, bro. I'm gonna tell you, just go see it. I don't want to give. A, I don't want to give away too much. Just, I... We had some other greats this year. The John Wick. Uh, series is finally over and is it? yep he did his four and you know what John Wick finally got what he deserved he got the rest he deserved great movie for someone who wasn't even a huge fan of the John Wicks like I saw the first one I believe I saw the second one and I only saw this last one that movie was damn good from start to finish you understand why he was that dude it gave you a little backstory to understand what Godzilla goes through I mean what uh John Wick goes through of why it made sense. 
Um, another one that I love this year was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. You know, they oh, yeah. get they get redubbed and remade every decade or so. But this is the first one that I barely felt like they were teenagers. Like, yeah, I thought they were gonna do because because when it was animated and that came out right around into the Spider Verse, so I'm sitting here thinking it was gonna be another one like that, animation wise. And it wasn't exactly into the Spider Verse, but it was it was it was it was a good one. It was good, you know. It it was entertaining. Their voices sound like 13, 14, 15 year olds would. Like, right. They sound like kids. We all remember the original cartoon that we watched where it was kind of dark and all the characters were real sharp yeah. and edgy. I'm like, man, that is not a 16 year old. He is not a teenager. That's a grown ass turtle. Grown ass turtle. So Yeah, and the other thing, I, I it's a couple that I like as well. Uh, Creed 3 was one of my favorites this year. Oh, um, you forget Creed. I didn't watch either of the first ones. I didn't watch most of the Rocky series. Like Creed three, by stood by itself for me, and it was a great movie. I went in not really knowing the backstory, but the, like I, I, I learned enough in that movie to like put like plug some stuff in. And then this was the year it should have been up until you know the end of the year. This was the year of Jonathan Majors. You know that man was everywhere. You he know, was. including you know, <laughs> but. <laughs> you know, so yeah, we saw Kang the Conqueror at his coming out moment. Um, like it, it, it was a lot of it was a lot this year, and then he just happened to you know play in the snow one too many times and it cost him. I'll let y'all know. I've been running this joke for two weeks, but I'm gonna keep saying it because it's still funny. One white woman took down an Avenger level threat. One. Don't underestimate that, y'all. Do not underestimate their power. She took down an adventure level threat. Do not underestimate the power of Starbucks and Uggs. Don't do it. And to end it off, I would love to say what I say every year about one of my favorite movie series, and no one can tell me otherwise. I'm a grown man, I can watch what I want to watch. Trolls. The new Trolls was great. Justin Timberlake brought NSYNC into it. Who doesn't love that? You can say what you want about Justin Timberlake personally, but damn it, that white boy is talented. In them and NSYNC making a comeback is exactly what the doctor ordered. And you know what? I'm happy and proud to say I watched all the Trolls movies and I have not been disappointed not once. Also, Super Mario was a good movie for kids as well. It gave us the it gave us the classic peaches. Peaches, 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 peaches. Like we we got that this year. We did. The Barbie movie was fantastic. Um, I'm gonna tell y'all, I know we just talked about white women, but Margot Robbie. I'm gonna tell y'all that now. If I had a white woman hall of fame, she's in it. <laughs> her and Hathaway. Um her and Anne Hathaway are my top two white women of all time. The man has spoken. But ladies and gentlemen, we have come to an end of the one and only D180 University podcast. Captain Scully, would you like to give people your final thoughts and a message to send in 2024? Yes, yes. And end of the podcast, end of the year, you know. Um, y'all, shout out to us just for getting through the year, man. This is a rough fucking year. <laughs> you know, I have no idea what 2024 has in store yet. But, man, shout out to us, man. This, this, this is one of them years, man. You know, but we lit. We up here. We out here. 
you know, like I said, new year, new me. Same meetup. Same meetup. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the to the podcast. I know we've had some inconsistencies this year. I understand it's been a little difficult, but that's fine because, like every year, we strive to be bigger and better than the one that was before. So keep doing what you want to do. Follow your dreams. Do what needs to be done because no one can make it happen but you and whoever the hell it is you pray to. I am not here to say you're wrong, right, or whatever. So... For the final time of the year 2023, and I'll see you in 2024, you know it, you love it, I'ma say it. Keep learning, keep living, keep loving, and we out.